What's going on, everybody? This is the Gorilla Man, and you're listening to the Gorilla Man Podcast. Tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. My best friend, Trent, that passed away more than 16 years ago. He was my best friend, like my brother. I remember distinctly always hanging out at his place. Just doing what normal teenagers do. Partying and just hanging out, having some good times. I wish uh, his life would have never been cut so short. Trent was only 19 when he died. And that murderer that killed him is still out there. Knowing what he did to my best friend and knowing that justice never came for him but soon someday justice will prevail karma always wins I remember waking up the phone rings it's like 8am my best friend's sister-in-law calls me she told me that if I uh, wanted to see my friend alive again that I'd have to rush to the Des Moines hospital as soon as possible I remember thinking to myself well shit I gotta get Trent's shirt and a couple other things that I borrowed from him so I gotta give it back to him. I don't know why that came in my head. I don't know why I even thought about grabbing stuff like that. It all seemed pointless now, but at the time it it meant something to me. Because I promised him that I'd get it back to him as soon as possible. We get there. Everybody All of his family is in the waiting room. We're just all distraught and it was the worst moments of my life. It's hard for me still to talk about it to this day, 16 years after his death. I remember seeing his brothers crying these were the guys that I looked up to that I always thought were fearful and would never cry but it just happened something so precious so so heartening it was just hard for me to even comprehend I know I'm kind of rambling about it but It's hard to find the words to describe how everybody felt that day. I know I've lost a lot of people in my lifetime. The first real painful loss was my uncle dying. That hit me pretty hard. But nothing compared to this. Because see, your whole life... You're prepared for your parents 
and your grandparents to pass away. It's a given. It doesn't make the hurt any less, but you know in your mind that one day they're no longer going to be there. But you never think about that with your best friend. You always think that they're going to be there no matter what until you're old and gray and then you pass away long after anybody else. Me and Trent had a lot of plans. I remember we always talked about opening up a shop down at Daytona Beach. He would work on the bikes and I would sell them. I was a pretty good salesman at the time for being so young. But that was our dream. All we had to do was wait for me to graduate, save up a little bit of money, and then move out. And that was our plan. My girlfriend at the time, she wasn't very uh, appreciative of Trent. I think she was more or less jealous of him because he was always around. There was a lot of times that I basically told them all, told them that, you know, I was supposed to hang out with her tonight, or so I kind of blew him off and stuff. I know for a fact he probably took it to heart, because I was his best friend. We always hung out together every single day, no matter what. Bros of four hoes type thing, you know. I could take back everything that happened. I wish I, I wish I would have just decided to go with you that night. Maybe you'd still be alive today. I have that survivor's guilt because I feel like I could have prevented it, in a sense. That night, May twenty eighth. 2003 I should have been with you Trent shouldn't have been Mike or the two girls that were with you should have just been me and you cruising around in your 5.0 bumping to fucking some vanilla ice 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 baby yeah we were those kind of guys I remember sitting in the hospital and they told me you want to go see Trent follow me but I was so afraid I didn't want to but I knew in my mind I had to if I didn't I would regret it for the rest of my life but I always wanted to remember my friend the way he was as a person I don't, I, I don't want to remember you being hooked up to all those machines and that machine breathing for you and everything. Your eyes were bloodshot, like blood-filled in a sense. You just laid there lifeless. 
squeezed your hand and I basically just yelled at you because you always said you'd be my brother forever and that you're always going to be there for me and that you were going to be the best man at my wedding. I was angry. But I know that it wasn't your fault. It was Mike's fault. Mike's the one that killed you. There was a lot of stories about what happened on May 28th, 2003. From what I heard, while we were sitting in the goddamn waiting room, Mike telling everybody that Trent was trying to get his billfold out of the back of his pocket. He had the convertible top down because it was nice out. And he tried sitting up to pull his billfold out and he fell out of the car. We all believed him because we weren't there. Then the, the wake came. Everybody was gathered around his casket. And then Mike DeLotta changed the story again. He told everybody that Trent was sitting on this head or headrest, steering with his feet. And then he fell out. And everyone's like, um, okay. What happened to the whole reaching for your billfold? That's the thing. I knew for a fact Trent had back issues, so he never put his billfold in his back pocket. If he carried it on him, it'd be in his front pocket, or he put it in the in the glove compartment. So I know for a fact Mike was lying about that. But I didn't say nothing because I was just, I lost my best friend. It's the only thing I could think of at the time. I wasn't in my most rational moment of my life. So then the day of the funeral come, Mike changes the story again. This time he had Trent hood surfing. Said Mike was on the passenger side and the two girls were in the back and Trent climbed up over while the car was driving, climbed up over the, de uh, over the windshield and onto his hood. Now on Trent's car, he had a modified hood with a hood scoop on it. Trent weighed roughly maybe 185 pounds, maybe give or take a little bit less or, or more. I, I, I really couldn't tell you. But I know for a fact that a 180-pound person would probably put some indentations or at least bent the hood or something, dented or whatever. So there wasn't a footprint or nothing on the hood. So that didn't make any sense to me. Well, that was the pretty much end of the story for Mike. That's all he was willing to tell us. 
the worst part about the whole thing was <coughs> Trent died on my mom's birthday May 29th 2003 it's so hard for me to be happy about my mom's birthday when it was probably the most saddest day of my life up to this point Fast forward to 2008, around June of 2008, and I'm walking downtown, it's my bachelor party, and we're going to different bars and stuff and getting drunk and having a good time. And lo and behold, here comes the two girls that were with him the night that he died. They walked past me as if I was a ghost. They didn't say a word. They didn't even look at me. But I recognized them. I don't know if it was just me being stupid or just because I was drunk and had a little bit of liquid courage. I yelled out, hey. They didn't acknowledge me. So I yelled, hey, again. Still no acknowledgement. So I yelled out, Trent McKell. And they stopped dead in their tracks. They turned around, they looked at each other, they talked for a few seconds. Then they started walking towards me. They instantly went on the defense. Like basically said Mike is going to kill us if we talk to you and I said I don't give a fuck about Mike I will handle him I want to know what the hell happened that night that he died I want the fucking truth and they basically said Mike Delato was driving they were sitting in the back in between Trent Trent had the convertible top down and he was sitting on the back of the car pretty much on top of the of the um, convertible top there was an argument with one of the girls and Mike Delata because he was yelling at one of them to come sit up front with him because he didn't want to be a taxi bitch or whatever he called it Well, they denied it. They they not denied. They pretty much said, "No, we're gonna stay back here with Trent," because Trent was pretty much a ladies' man. So Mike got pissed off and gunned it. Trent, with his right hand, grabbed a hold of the convertible top, and held on for as long as he could, till his arm broke. And he let go and fell down, fell out of the back of the car and hit his head on the back of his head on the, on the concrete, sending that bone into the back of his brain. And in that time, Mike Delata sideswipes a, a sign and ends up in the ditch. But they took over 45 minutes before they called the ambulance 
or called 911 in general. They had to get their story straight. Mike told them that if they said that he was driving, that he would kill them. And they believed him. But Mike was just a fat piece of shit. A fucking loser that killed my best friend. One of these days, he's going to get his. And I'm going to piss on his fucking grave. It's just so crazy. Like I said, you always prepare for your family members to die. Your, your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents. But you never prepare for one of your best friends to die. I remember the day after his funeral. I was still, like, distraught. I went out to his gravesite in the middle of the night. It was probably about midnight. So I just had to be next to him. I wanted—I didn't want him to be alone. I sat there and I talked to him for at least two, three hours, I could think, laying next to his grave. So I told him I was going to I'll see you on the other side, pretty much. But I miss you and I love you, brother. Hell, even 16 years later, it still chokes me up to this day. So I get back in my, my Jeep at the time. And I go to start it up. Now this thing, this Jeep has never had an issue with me. I've never had an issue with it, I should say. It's always started every every time that I needed it to. But on this night, it didn't it didn't start once. So I get out of the vehicle and I pop the hood and started checking the wires and everything and I basically said, you know, I was like, Tran, if you're fucking with me, man, I swear to God I'm gonna kill myself and we'll come back after you kick your ass. You know, jokingly. I get back in my in my Jeep and I and it fires right up. And on the C D player, it was the C D that me and him were listening to a couple days before he died. It was every time it rains from cold from the year of the spider C D. It was just kind of awkward, or not awkward, but it was just crazy to me because that was the very last thing that me and him did together. We went to my, our good friends Greg and Sean's house, hung out with them and Ben, and I didn't drink because Trent didn't drink. So I, I, I didn't drink, but that night, Trent decided he wanted a beer, so he grabbed a beer, and so I took one, and I grabbed one, too, and it's kind of like, it was almost like it was fate, in a sense, because he never did that. He never drank. He just, he, he could be the life of the party without any alcohol. That's, 
that's just how he was. He was a very cool motherfucker. He was someone that I always admired and always had as a friend. Even, Even when we were younger and he moved away, like we always stayed in touch. Like every... Every year he would come around Christmas time and we would walk up to come and go and we'd get a hot dog and sit there and just bullshit. It's the little things that you just remember that make everything seem less important. When you live in the moment, everything... It's a lot better. I never thought that I would ever have to go without having my best friend beside me. I've made a lot of friends in my lifetime. But he was probably my first real true friend. I'll never forget about him. There's so much stuff that I've went through in my life. He's always he's always there for me, no matter what. And the night that he died, I wasn't there for him. It's something I gotta live with the rest of my life. But I hope he knows that it's that it was the most. I can't even find the words to say to it. It was the most worst decision I've ever made in my life for not being there the night that he died who knows I know for a fact that if I were driving we were in that same scenario I would have never gunned it I had nothing to prove to nobody Trent didn't have nothing to prove to nobody he was just being who he was and Mike DeLotta is a piece of fucking shit that needs to fucking die I know it's tough to listen to this as a, as a listener. It's just the daily struggles that I go through. I hope Trent's proud. Knowing that I named my first son after him. Sometimes I think that Trent resembles... My son Trent resembles my friend Trent. So my son's a little trickster. He always makes me smile and that's what Trent did to me. He always make he always made me smile. We always had a good time. We always laughed. I can only count one time where me and him actually fist fought. It was over the stupidest shit. Which Ninja Turtle was the best? And then we were fourth grade, you know. I mean, we weren't the brightest kids in the bunch, but I said Raphael, and he was hell bent on Leonardo or Michelangelo too. But I said Raphael's the badass motherfucker in the whole bunch, and he sure the fuck didn't think so. And we fought for two days straight, fist fought. Tackling, punching, you name it. His brothers had to separate us. 
I hated him for two minutes, two days or whatever. God, I wish I could go back to those days now. Anyway, I just want to say thank you for everyone that's listening. No matter what, call your friends, call your family members, tell them that you love them, because you never know when that last chance you ever get to say goodbye to that person. That night that Trent died, it was probably about 11 o'clock at night, right around the time that he was having the accident, 10, 11-ish. I had a feeling that I should just call him. But I was worried that he might have been going to sleep because it was a Sunday night. And he worked construction, so I assumed that maybe he would probably would have been uh, going to bed early and getting ready for work the next morning. But he had the day off the next day. So he went out anyway. Uh, like I said, I've always regretted not calling him. I always regret not being there for him. I know a lot of his friends were hurt by him passing. And then the times after that, his dad passed away. And then his nephew, Kevin, passed away, which I was close to him, too. It's just doesn't make any sense. Trevor and Travis called it the McKilkers. I hope to God that's not true. Anyways, thank you for listening to my story. Love you, Trent. This is the Gorilla Man, signing out.